After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about the best part of television, the commercials. We talk about good ones. We talk about bad ones. And we talk about ones where people say the weird shit like this. Have you smelled this new litter? No. Nobody has. It's unscented. <laughs> My name's Andrew Walsh, and that woman across from me who is losing her shit is Genevieve Has. We're your hosts. That commercial, that line from that commercial made me laugh so hard last night that I said we have to use it as a shit like this. And then and, you forgot about and it. And then I forgot about it until you just played it. Uh, let's hear it again in the clear. Have you smelled this new litter? No. Nobody has. It's unscented. I gotta say, uh, I, first, I love the little meow at the end there. That commercial Nobody is, has. It is for, I want to say, Cat's Pride? Is that a thing? Is Cat Pride a thing? And if so, is it scary? Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. I wish I could remember because I, I found the commercial today um, to grab that little bit of tape. And I... Cat Pride is a thing, but you still can't have a parade for it in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I like it because the actress... So... The, the man's voice you hear is off camera. We never even see him. It's just a woman sitting next to her cat. And then she says, nobody has. It's scentless. And then she high fives her cat, which becomes like, you know, they animate the cat somehow to give her a high five. And it looks, it's, it's downright charming. It looks like she's about to bust up. It looks like, it's so quick. But at the end, the look on her face is like... This is the fifth time I've done this, and I just got to get through it without laughing. <laughs> anyway, I find that to be one of the more charming kitty litter commercials. Uh, cat's Pride. Cat Scoop. Scoop Pride. Eh. Hey, we're going to talk I about other things I feel like you're getting farther today. away. I'm not sure what it's called, but I, that can't be right. It bugs me because I found it immediately today, but now I can't, uh, I can't recall it. But that's kind of par for the course. Um, we're going to talk about other things than uh, commercials I can't remember today. Or we're going to talk about other commercials I can't remember today, which is... Probably more accurate. Um, coming up today on the show, uh, I want to discuss an ad campaign that caught my attention for a very specific reason, and then my failed attempts to try to <laughs> try to build a show around that theme. Okay, um, it's sort of a meta show. Yes, and what I came across, which I have no grounds to, to complain about, because I said when I left this morning, I said, "Don't worry, I'll have time to look at the show sheet," and then I definitely did not. I'm actually kind of sometimes this doesn't make for the best podcasting, but I'm kind of glad you didn't, because there's one commercial in here that. I stumbled upon that I want your uh, raw reaction to. Okay. Um, also, uh, I keep it raw and real on this show. <laughs> we got some commercials <laughs> in the news. It gets so bad. It gets slower <laughs> and weirder every time you say it. Well, this, uh, this commercial in the news, here's my tease for it Dilly Dilly, or is it Donty Donty? Uh oh. Terrible Ford promo. It tells you nothing about yeah. what's coming up other than uh, the Dilly Dilly uh, Bud Light campaign is huge, but it might not be working. We'll talk about that and we're going to uh, induct, or at least we'll discuss inducting a new commercial into the After These Messages Hall of Fame. Okay. The first two have had a long time to get used to being uh, the only tenants in the Hall of Fame. I think I worry that they're going to. They feel very intrusive to the first two that have been in there for years by themselves. Yeah, little background on this. We started a Hall of Fame for commercials that we love back when we started this uh, podcast in late 2015. In I looked it up today, episode number four. We made it a segment, and you and I both inducted commercials that we love into the Hall of Fame. And they weren't new commercials. In fact, one of them was quite old. They were just ones that we hold in very high esteem. We did not add anything else to the Hall of Fame until last week. I think I talked you into uh, submitting your Pepsi dancing in a circle. It's Levi's. Levi's. What did I say? Pepsi. But Levi's are the Pepsi of jeans. <gasps> that is true. That's horrible. Are, oh, no. They're the Coke of jeans? Coca-Cola? Well, they're probably not the Coke of jeans. Levi's are probably the Coca-Cola of jeans, right? They're like the both. They're both like huge American brands. You go abroad. Coke and Levi's. I guess that's true. Yeah. If you wanted to... If you wanted to make a teenager in 
Soviet Russia happy, it would send them Coca-Cola and Levi's. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, finally today on the show, we're going to go over our cultural references and see if we can update them. No, that <laughs> I, I know that was in the past, but like, you know, the days when like Levi's were harder to get in. Remember, there was actually a great, speaking of Hall of Fame, there was a great Levi's commercial from back in those days where some, I'm pretty sure it was Levi's, where somebody sells his Levi's in some Eastern European city. It's like, it's never named, but it's like Prague, Prague or some some Eastern European city. He gives his jeans to somebody in exchange for a, like a beat up old car, and then you see him driving the car and his, you know, and it just wearing his boxer shorts yeah. uh, all through this like little tiny little town through these narrow alleyways. Probably driving a Yugo or something. Yeah, it's like that. Like, do you remember that commercial um, at all? It, it actually made quite an impression. You talking about it makes me feel like I have a memory of it, but I can't be, uh, I can't be sure. Anyway, maybe we can, if, if you're going to look for me, we can play it during the, uh, during the Hall of Fame segment. But uh, let's start with this ad campaign that caught my attention. I know it's hard to grow up. I know it's hard to grow up. All right, so this is a commercial that. Oh, wait. I'm gonna be a motherfucking hustler. better ask somebody. Sorry, that's my favorite part of that song that I found today. Who is this? This is King Lil G, by the way. I was unfamiliar with his uh, catalog before finding this loop today. But um, it's relevant to this commercial for progressive insurance that I saw. This is not a flow commercial. This is a commercial that I learned today actually was created years ago, 2014. These existed only online as uh, ads aimed at millennials, which makes tons of sense. And that's what sort of caught my eye here. Let me go back and explain. So we see... An adult man uh, dressed up like a toddler, and he's sitting in the grocery cart in the special toddler seat. Uh, they've kind of cut out the the leg holes, so he's kind of jammed in there as if he's a, as if he's a child sitting properly in a grocery cart. And there isn't um, a lot of dialogue. He's just being kind of a bad boy for lack of a better phrase as uh we see him in different parts of the grocery store i'll narrate this a little bit he's in the uh pork butts <laughs> deli section laughing at pork butts a hey, grocery store guy he holds up his toy dinosaur dinosaur he's in the dairy section drinking milk directly from a carton he's throwing things He's uh, making a mess with the bulk food, just letting it drain out onto the floor. Parmesan. Parmesan. Woo! Hey, girl, someone got her nails did. At your age, dump your parents' insurance company and save. And the whole point is, this is a 20-something-year-old guy, and the point is, act your age. Don't act like this child. This is just one in a uh, apparently a series of ads that they made back in 2014, again, as pre-rolls for YouTube and stuff like that. Here's another one I got. Genevieve, you haven't seen this one yet. It looks like it's a different guy. I could be wrong about that. But he is He's in... He's styled differently if... if- not it looks it doesn't look like the same guy to me and in this one he's um he's in an office place you know like a cubicle farm kind of place only he's strapped to a adult person using one of those bjorn things where he's kind of outward facing and uh he's just again kind of going around being a menace Rose, my man hilda like the new do got some layers in there huh the more the merrier gotta have this stuff in the morning He's carrying around a sippy cup, kind of a sippy cup slash, would you call it a um, a bottle? It's got one of the yeah, nipples on it. it's a sippy cup. Yeah. It's definitely toddler, not baby. Yes. Oh, that's too hot. Act your age. Dump your parents' insurance company. Anyway, I don't think this is translating all that well as great podcast material because it's incredibly visual, but... I am used to kind of more general insurance, not the general insurance commercials, but more generalized insurance commercials where it's you're selling it to everybody. Low rates, good service. What other things are maybe touted? Um, Features, basically. Yeah, I quit, like time, time, time spent having to get it. 
you know, 15 minutes yes. could save you 15% or less. Trying um, to trying to sell boat and motorcycle insurance. Yeah, now, well. now Progressive is very keen on talking to people who have specific insurance needs, especially like motorcycle drivers and um, boat owners and things like that. But this particular one just caught my eye because I love it, and I think you do too, Veeves, when commercials, it's very clear... W- that they're going for a specific sector of the audience. Not yeah. just, this is our product and service, and this is generally speaking why it's better than other people's. They are saying, hey, you know what? There's a bunch of millennials out there, and we're kind of in this strange place with this generation where they're maybe staying at home a little bit longer because the economy, yep. especially this is four years ago now. Um, isn't there a way we can talk directly to them, not them and their dads yeah. and whoever else? It's an interesting question because other than sort of shaming someone who was on their parents' insurance with like, you're acting like a baby, there's no pitch here, right? There's no like story about why it's better to be on your own insurance other than to be more grown up. Um, so I think it's kind of an interesting uh, strategy because I'm not sure that if I were 26 and still on my parents insurance you know would this work on me it might work on me I mean like I, I definitely I think I'm, I'm somewhat motivated by a desire like I can be shamed in other words like shame motivates me um, what about you do you think that would would you would you spend more money to not be shamed well, I think this might have worked on me if I was like the right, you know, kind of generation and age and everything. Maybe this commercial isn't going to motivate me to get off my parents' insurance, but maybe that's a conversation that's already happening in my family. So then I see maybe this it motivates your parents. To or get you maybe <laughs> that's true too. There are some people who have a financial. You know what? That would, I would love, love to see a counter part to this campaign that is somehow the parent. Uh, the parents' experience, or like a jokey way of that telling, showing good. the parents' experience, and then show that during Matlock, <laughs> right? Just lazy ass kids who won't get out of the house. I mean, the kids today, their parents, it would be like their great grandparents who watched Matlock. Yeah, that's their true. parents are probably watching, probably like, you know. Victoria or The Crown. Their parents are probably watching the show it during or just show like, it during The Crown, which has doesn't have commercials. or just prime time like whatever the shit reality shows are, like at eight o'clock on ABC on a Tuesday. Yeah. No offense, ABC, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like right. whatever America Sing 'Em Off is going on. <laughs> like, That's you got it exactly right. It's America Sing 'Em Off. Okay, uh, I don't know if I, I feel a little bit bad trying to describe those commercials. I did t- a horrible job of it but, they're, it but they're, it. they're they're it's, they're man they're babies they're man they're, babies they're men who are dressed who act like babies and they're pretty funny i think they're well executed but what really struck me was i i really like the specificity I of that too. campaign and i like keeping an eye out for stuff like that um so i just had an idea i was like well maybe thinking about you know today's show could i look for other ads where we see adults acting like children because i feel like we've talked a lot about commercials where Children act like adults. You have the famous Subaru ad with the little kid who uh, is driving his toy car mm-hmm. and his dad makes a joke, you want to borrow the real car? Then he goes in this whole fantasy of just like getting a parking ticket. What's a meter? Having to commute. Having to commute. He's stuck in traffic and the little kid says, you're killing me. Here. Yeah, there's lots of oper- there's lots of examples of adults or children having adult-like experience. There's a whole Haribo campaign that they, they make the gummy bears um, where they, like, work in a factory in an office and they, you know, they're, like, they're little adults, but they're kid actors. Well, that's fun. We've you talked know, about it before. You know, I didn't know that because I, I ditched... Because you can't remember the past shows we did. I ditched this. No, I can't remember uh, what I'm looking for now. There was another Haribo ad that I had on my list today when I was going down this... Um, going down this path that is the exact opposite of what you said it's a bunch of adults around a table for haribo but they're all talking in children's voices it's actually very disconcerting and i think that they didn't give the kids scripts they're just like i like it because you can take the dock and put it in the circle it looks like it's wearing an inner tube but it's like a 40 year old man in a business suit saying that lip syncing it anyway i decided that there is not enough of that to build a whole show around or maybe there is and i just gave up easily but 
I came across one ad that I'm dying to show you. When you start Googling around for adults acting like children in commercials, you come across a 1975 commercial for Love's Baby Soft is what it's called. Love's Baby Soft. Will you please do me the favor of describing what you're seeing? Sure. Okay, there's a sort of a, a blonde woman yeah, uh, with a come hither look, and she's got kind of like a looks like a baby doll nighty or something on, and she's sucking on a lolly with a rose printed on it. And uh, yeah, I might add that she's sort of she's kind of sensually nibbling and licking at the edge of the giant lollipop, yeah. and it's a close up on her face, and the camera is going to be uh, kind of uh, backing off. What is that panning out? Right? No, panning is side to side, zooming out, I whatever. Zooming out. Zoom, zoom. There's one person nobody can resist, and that's a baby. So love made baby soft with the innocent scent of a cuddly, clean baby that grew up very sexy in foaming bath, body lotion, body powder, and body mist. So innocent it may well be the sexiest fragrance around. Loves baby soft. And they're lollipop. They're really lingering on her, like tonguing this lollipop. Oh my! So the camera keeps zooming out until you see her whole thing, and she's she is. It's like a very kind of sexy baby outfit. She's kind of popping out the top of it a little bit. Appropriately sexy for any commercial and any, especially commercial that conflates sexiness with baby so you want so just to, to, to go over so i guess you want that clean feeling of a baby but with the sexy sensuality of a woman and that's what love what you baby end up with is gives you. i'm a sexy baby and then at the end they do another close-up on her face and she just goes back to nibble suck licking the edge of it's this lollipop very explicit <laughs> it's very explicit isn't it isn't that awful that is awful all right well let's do some commercials in the news. Commercials in the news! Dilly dilly, Genevieve. We find it irritating. Have we already... I mean, we've talked a lot about dilly dilly on we, uh, TBTL. Have you and I talked a lot about dilly dilly on... Not excessively. I mean, it's certainly come up, but maybe just like sort of... Um, you know, set the stage for people here. It's a campaign that Bud Light has been doing for probably over a year now. It's set in a sort of a jokey version of medieval times where there's a king and a queen and a court and everybody has to bring Bud Light to the king or the king bestows Bud Light on people as a favor. But if you displease the king, you end up in a, in the dungeon of misery um, and the thing that everybody says when they cheers, when they raise their Bud Light, is dilly dilly. Yes. And th- we did talk about it a little bit, I think, because they had two dilly dilly Super Bowl commercials this year that were, it was kind of a narrative. It yeah. started with one in the first quarter, ended in the third. And you had, you had some interesting, you'd read about it, and you'd read that the creators of that were just sort of two com- comedians or writers. They who- were writing for a um, for an ad firm, but they just didn't think it was that great. Yeah, they it was were riffing so on sticky. ideas, yeah. and that one came kind then, of just got sticky. Yeah, the Seattle Times had a uh, write-up about them a-, a while back, right leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, well, I saw this headline in Ad Age today, Beer Battle. Miller Coors exec slams Bud Light's Dilly Dilly campaign. I'm going to read it to you. Bud Light's medieval Dilly Dilly campaign is arguably the biggest beer ad hit since Tosecki's Most Interesting Man in the World. But despite the buzz, Miller Light marketer Greg Butler is not wallowing in a pit of misery because he says sales trends are on his side. So... Here's his quote. This is the guy the, from Miller Lite. Yeah, the, com- the main competitor to Bud Light. Right. I get a ton of people saying, are you going to do something like Dilly Dilly? And I'm like, no, I have I have to sell beer, not sell a meme. Uh, Dilly Dilly has become... I think become- it's pronounced Mimi. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I have to sell beer, not sell a Mimi. Uh, Dilly Dilly has become a new phrase for cheersing, but it's not actually driving Bud Light volume. This is still the quote. My job is to actually not sell culture... It's actually to sell beer. And the reality is it's not selling beer. Now, here's what I learned from this article in AdAge. Miller Lite sales are not going up while Bud Lights are going down. Bud Light is still by far the number one selling light beer in the country. But the problem is 
if you're a light beer manufacturer, you're losing a lot of market share to what do you think the younger drinkers are drinking now? If Is it a light beer? Light beer, cocktails, and... You know, probably. Oh, like, but I, I went like I thought. Oh no, no, no I thought you I'm meant, sorry. Is it like a different light beer? Sorry, I was like not listening to you, though, which was really rude. No, I'm sorry, not light beer, but um, nicer beers like your IPAs, your your no. your. Because I your other. I prefer to have a light beer for the calories, but I don't really like Bud Light. To me, it's just it's an okay beer if you really want to have beer. But I would honestly rather drink a zero calorie Lacroix. If the only other option is Bud Light, but I will drink like an Amstel Light or a Corona Light cheerfully, you know, like those to me taste like good light beer. So I wondered if maybe like better tasting light beers were were eating some of their market share. Uh, No, I think it's just more fancier beers Mm -hmm. and like beers that are, if not, if they're not small brews, they're smaller brews or marketed as smaller uh, operations. Just all the things that all of the like that... Bud or Bud Light or Miller or Coors or any of those are losing market share to the more craft craft seeming beers. Yes, yes. And so um, apparently uh, this kind of cheaper end. And by the way, n- no shame here. Well, I mean, I'm not tossing any shame. I am drinking a what is less classy than a can of Bud Light. I am drinking a tall boy of Bud Light as we uh, as we record. I don't this. understand how you can drink a tall boy of Bud Light because. Well, it just takes me longer, I guess, because by the time I would finish a tall boy of Bud Light, the bottom would be like the temperature of piss. Mm, what I like to do is pop a secondary hole in the top of the can and then open up my throat. Oh, I see. Yeah. Was uh, there a word for that? I don't think you so. You invented it? Yeah. I, I think it's just how adults drink beer. <laughs> I'm gonna, so anyway, b- these lower end uh, kind of cheapo light beers, the, the market is going downhill for them um and it turns out that bud lights market is going down faster or mm-hmm. their sales are going down faster while miller lights is also declining right but it's at a it's at a more steady or, or slower rate i think let's see here just really quick whatever's happening this. the dilly dilly campaign is not slowing is not helping really for bud light is what they're saying well that's what this miller Coors guy is saying when asked for a quote on this, but I'd like your take on that in a second, really quickly to get the numbers out of the way. So looking at uh, last year, 2017, um, Bud Light had a market share of 15.4, but shipments fell 5.7%. Now, that's only a 2.8% for for Miller Light, but their share is only 6.1. So they have like less than half of the market share that Bud Light has. Wow. So it's bad news for everybody. Um, so the point of this I mean, article... except beer drinkers, arguably. I guess so. Well, maybe, unless you're a Bud Light drinker like me. Well, well no, well, I then mean, it's good because the price will go down, right? Well, I don't, think, I don't think you're in any danger of there not being Bud Light in the stores, but I think it's better that they're like more interesting beers and that people are drinking them. Somebody brought some sort of grapefruit thing over to our house the other day. And it was like the last beer in the fridge. It like stuck in the back of our fridge for like a month. And then I drank it Did the even, other day. Even the Hefeweizens went first? Yeah, I'm not a Hefeweizen guy either. And this was one that was like, it was somewhere somewhere between like a, it wasn't quite a wheat, but it was very light and it was like grapefruity or something. It's not for me. No, thank you. Anyway, um, glad I was able to let everybody know about the beer I drank and didn't like the other day. Possibly brought by somebody who listens to the show. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for attending our... Uh, soiree um any hoozles i don't know how interesting any of that is but this is a guy from the competition saying dilly dilly isn't really working it doesn't matter like i'm here to sell beer but when you are a company as huge as miller light i'm going to say it again coke levi's these indelible american brands are you coming out with dilly dilly because you really think that you're going to see within the first six months of the campaign an uptick in sales or is it all about just reinforcing your brand and hoping that over the long and taking the long view and over the long run you are still the company that has the Budweiser frogs dilly dilly was up and all the other in the horses (laughs) and the Clydesdales and everything right it's just brand awareness and that there's going to be however whatever's going on, there are going to be people who are picking up a cheap light beer. And when they do, 
you want your packaging and your brand marks and all of the things that are associated with your brand to just be top of mind. Yeah, and I mean, I, maybe that's a... I think that's right. I mean, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I do think that if both of these brands, if this whole brand category is experiencing a decline like this, like no campaign no single campaign or single catchphrase or whatever can probably turn that around. Um, it may just be like a market. It may just be a fluctuation in the market or maybe like the death knell of cheap light beers. Like maybe 10 years from now, people just won't drink Bud Light. And I guess part of this comes from, I was reading this article. I thought it was just kind of interesting because Dilly Dilly is one of the, as much as I hate it, it is one of the most kind of overnight successes yeah. of uh, just a a campaign and a catchphrase that just took over, you know? Yeah, it's almost old school in that way. It feels almost something like something that would happen in the 80s. Yeah. Or almost like we there have been certainly commercials that caught people's attention um, and that created jokes and memes and catchphrases and stuff. But for, the, for this kind of success, I agree. It's like was up or whatever that really... Everybody instantly just knew it. And the thing that I think got to me was I then watched this Miller Lite uh, commercial that is in uh, it's embedded in this article I was reading. And they're going directly after Bud Light. It's a 15 second ad. I'm going to play it for you. You have a Bud Light can in the background, but it's a little bit faded out and a little bit blurry. And then a nice, bright, in focus Miller Light can comes. I do like the, the Miller Light branding, by the way, better. That's I- what I want to talk to you. Okay, let me just play this quickly. We believe the best light beer to have with friends is the original light beer. Always brewed with more taste, less calories, and half the carbs. Miller Lite. Hold true. See, that just seems so boring and unidentifiable to me. Like, I hate Dilly Dilly. I hate the Wazab thing. I hate that I had to work with a guy who said Wazab every morning and afternoon. But... It's unbelievable to me that he has not been murdered. <laughs> we haven't heard from him in a while. Who knows? Um, but I would say that Bud Light has an identity. Like, even Coors, which I guess Coors and Miller Lighter. I guess the same since this guy's title is the same. But even <laughs> cores, I think of okay, the mountains. Mm-hmm. There's something there. Miller Light has no identity. Oh, I have no identity. desire to drink it. Um, and and I'm sure I couldn't do it, pick it out of a of a taste you know blind taste test between any of those three that you mentioned. I just like the look of the can. I think mm. that their branding is like in this in this frame that's frozen that we're looking at here it's like a drawing of the can it's not a photograph but it's the white can with the seal with the wheat on the sides and then the l-i-t-e light um at the top and i just think it's like a really classic looking can and brand identity whereas i think bud light and cores to a lesser extent but bud light in particular has really tried to like Keep make their brand stay current with some with like modern design trends. Yeah, the actual uh, and they look like garbage. Yeah, this Bud Light I'm holding here it looks pretty like it's a very very crappy design on the can. But I guess if I have any point here whatsoever, at least these other light beers or let's say kind of cheapo beers, they all have their identity. Coors has the whole mountain thing. Um, even with their crazy things like you know your beer is cold when the mountains turn blue on the bottle, yeah. stupid. But it stuck with me. Um, PBR hipster beer and, sure. and Schlitz, although and stuff it, like that. It would, be, it would make our grandparents laugh to think of PBR as a hipster. But beer. that's where they are now, and they leaned into it, right? Yeah. And um, and they're and, and I guess Bud Light, if I were to describe it, yes, it's the, it's the party beer, but it's the party beer. It's yeah. the sarcastic bro beer. Um, and Miller Light just is kind of like. We're better than Bud Light because we have better or less or more. I sort of hops. think of it as like the working man's beer, maybe a little. But I see. See, I would even say Miller High Life. Like well, I get yeah, into Miller fair. High Life because that's the banquet beer. It's the champagne of beer, right? I think that those are both. I think Miller I think High, High Life. Life yeah. Um, and like I remember drinking down my fair share of Miller High Life, thinking like. First of all, the champagne of beer is a hilarious phrase. And what the hell is a banquet beer? But it's the banquet beer. Yeah. You know? I mean, ultimately, I can't help but think that it's like that joke in The Simpsons where 
it really all just comes from the same tap. I mean, I yeah. know some of these are different companies, but like fundamentally it comes from the same tap. Yeah. Um, anyway, I probably made a little bit more of that than I needed to. It just kind of got me thinking about uh, light beer today on my walk to buy light beer. Let's talk about I this. always love industry shade. I mean, yeah. I'm always up for that. <laughs> Let's talk about this uh, Hall of Fame situation. <laughs> you're saying to yourself right now isn't this the music you used for the olympics isn't this the mario sonic olympics music i was thinking that um well yes but what you are not remembering is when we first introduced the hall of fame all those many years ago in episode number four this is the music that we used so it was actually more wrong of me to use it for the olympics it's really a paucity of ideas on our part um i guess so but doesn't it sound regal like hall of fame music yeah, I mean, so is the Olymp- I mean, the Olympics is like the Hall of Fame of sports. obscure sports. No, that, that is true. Are those over yet? Do we know for sure? Yes, I think they the, did end this I weekend. I believe they right? un- ended this weekend. Okay. I was at a work thing yesterday, and um, the like team, not team building, just sort of like the icebreaker for the for the meeting was what sport, what Olympic sport would you do if you could do any Olympic sport? And I would like to just say that I showed an enormous amount of restraint by. Just picking a sport and saying, like, I think it would be neat to be a ski jumper and not, like, subjecting everyone at my table to a diatribe about the Olympics. That's what you picked was the ski jumping? Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. Don't pretend like you didn't think about it at all. I seriously thought, like, uh, ski jump. And is it true? I hate the Olympics. I don't care. I would do the skeleton. (laughs) I would. It would be very scary, but it would be invigorating, wouldn't it? But you're afraid of, I mean. But that's the whole thing. In this fantasy scenario, I'm clearly not afraid of things. Oh, okay. Does that work that way? I guess so. Maybe I would do a bobsled so that I could be, if I'm afraid, at least I, and first of all, I'm sitting. Be held by the strong arms of your fellow bobsledders. Yes, I'm in there with some folks. (laughs) What is it? There's usually, it's you and one other person and then one person pushes you, right? So there's only two of you in the car. Okay, I am basing this 100% on my 20-year watch, 20-year-old watching of um, Cool Runnings, but I thought there was four people. Oh, there's, maybe. There's, you oh, run there on might be two sides. different. There might be two and four. Yeah, there's a bunch of different sled rides. I love the fact that, I mean, I'll bet you a million bucks everybody who's listening knows the answer. We don't have that big of an audience, and most people like the Olympics. Literally every single person who happens to be listening to this knows the answer to these questions. I, I hate it when podcasts do that. I don't they care. just have long conversations where they don't ask each other me. obvious questions. Don't at me, because I don't care. <laughs> and also, you're not on Twitter anymore. All right. I just use don't at me now for all communication. Well, it's very young, very fresh. (laughs) Okay, as I mentioned earlier, it was back in 2015. Barack Obama was president of the United States and the future looked bright. You and I started a new podcast called After These Messages. That's right. And we decided we were going to start an After These Messages Hall of Fame. Um, now, didn't somebody give it... Was there? Were we also going to do an award show? Didn't somebody come up with a, a, a very, very clever name for an award we could give our I've friends? always liked... We had a couple of suggestions. I've always liked the ATMEs. Oh, yeah, the ATMEs. Now, is that different from the After These Messages Hall of Fame, or are we giving out ATMEs here? I mean, we're not great at this, at the consistency, so I think we ought to at least try to combine our award giving into, you know, one thing. I like the idea of a hall, a physical building that we are all, it's it's our imagination palace, and we're all walking in there together, and we're noticing, wow, this show's been on the air for over three years now, and there's only two little two little commercials hanging out in here and one was for LA Animal Services the one that I really liked where uh, a police officer is talking to a guy but the police officer just keeps on saying things like you're so cool can I get your autograph while he's issuing a ticket and it's the punchline is what if we all saw the world the way dogs look at us essentially 
Well, the punchline is, what if the world saw you the way your dog sees you? That's a better way of putting it. That was my submission, by the way. I've described that. I've butchered the description of that so many times on the show. Uh, You put in the Honda Pilot Wolfman uh, commercial with Scott Adsit. With actor Scott Adsit, who was raised by wolves. Um, But the Honda Pilot is is just the right vehicle for taking him out to run around and howl at the moon. (laughs) And uh, those were both submitted on uh, November 30th, 2015. Um, and then nothing happened forever. And then I believe it was last week where you finally talked about your Levi's commercial, officially called Circle, where you have, it's just a very diverse cast of people, all ages, bodies, shapes, and sizes, and et cetera, all dancing. Um, and it's just, a, it turns out it actually is part of uh, kind of a corporate responsibility campaign yeah. that they have going on about diversity and inclusion. Yeah, inclusion yeah. Um, and and. I think primarily their donations go to helping like underserved communities uh, and in a civil rights uh, vein. And every time that comes on, like you stop everything and you watch. And I've never seen you love anything or anyone as much as you love that commercial, <laughs> sadly. Um, so I, I talked you into making it an official uh, after these messages, Hall of Fame uh, inductee. Now, and you can still talk me out of this. This is not official. Those are the three commercials hanging out in the Hall of Fame right yeah. now. The other day, you and I were watching TV, and I got so excited because the Geico commercial Game Night with a with a Sloth came on again. And we've talked about this on the show before, but I feel like for a 30-second commercial, which is sometimes a 15-second commercial, every time we see it, we find something new to talk about. Yeah, it's it's a deep vein for sure. Uh, everybody who's listening to the show knows the commercial we're talking about. It's one of those Geico commercials where I think the point of this one is it's not that surprising. It's something else, right? Here, as just... long as sloths are slow, Geico will always, you know, do their do their thing. Do their thing. I'll just play it here since we might be inducting into the Hall of Fame here. You have a group of people uh, in a living room together, and they're all playing um, draw something, not draw something, win, uh, lose, or draw. Win, lose, or draw. And uh, the person who's up at the easel drawing is a sloth, and sloths are slow, so it's just drawing one line very, very, very slowly while everybody is trying to guess. Well, not while everybody, while the sloth's teammates are trying to guess. It's uh, a, a small finger. Uh, a, a worm, like a, a dagger, uh, tiny sword, uh, bread, uh, breadstick, breadstick, a lamppost, um, coin slot. Uh, no, no. Uh, ten seconds. A stick, uh, a walking stick, a Sorry, it's a tandem bicycle. What? What? As long as sloths are slow, you can count on Geico saving folks money. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Okay, so in the past, I have highlighted how much I love the acting of the guy who gives the answer at the end. He's so smug. He's, He's so like, smug. Nope, it's a bicycle. Um, we've talked about the great things in this commercial. The other day, I was like, Genevieve, there's a put down your knitting. There's something new in this commercial I want you to see, and I rewound it again. We have seen this commercial a million times, and the thing that I love at the end that I just noticed is the sloth after nobody could guess it and they run out of time it slowly turns around and gives the classic look that is sort of like come on <laughs> yes it's the classic win loser draw like how could you not get this right. thing that I was drawing? Only the sloth is obviously moving so slowly when it gives this look and then you were like oh yeah I got a new angle on this commercial too there's a so the other characters who are not on the sloths team who are hoping that the the guessers won't correctly guess it are at one point as the clock winds down the man turns to look at the woman on the ca- on the chair next to him and he gives her this look that perfectly encapsulates they're not going to get it's it. It's so great. He just looks at her with a big grin. He's like kind of eating popcorn. Just gives her a big grin and just and shakes, just shakes his, head. his head. No, there are Everyone's so many. Everyone's performance is so good in this. You mentioned this uh, on the show not too long ago. Um, the idea that everybody in a scene is acting as if in their head, they're the main character of a yeah, scene. I think that's actually, that's a really interesting, you see it in movies sometimes too. Not where, not, every single actor in every movie in a movie of course but like when you see a small part in a movie where that actor is just going for it 
and not necessarily in a distracting way, but just like they fully inhabit the person that they are. And even though that person, that character is not the main main event, they are living it as if the way we all live our lives, like we're all the main event in our own mm-hmm. lives. And sometimes you you see that a little a little performance will show you that. And it's my it's one of my favorite things, and I enjoy it in a commercial too. And this commercial it does nice little act. You know that's not happening in the background. This thirty second commercial takes one point five seconds to show this guy giving this smug shake of his head. Um, it's just it's really really well done with I think a million little things. And I am I kind of dislike, or, or at least I've kind of slagged before the Geico broad umbrella catchphrases that you can throw anything in there. That's the weakest thing about this is what it's for. Yes. And, but the thing is you have to kind of accept that now some of them are bad and some of them are good. Like they have another one, manatees wearing novelty, novelty tees. Now that's surprising. People have probably seen that one. We've talked about it on, uh, uh, what's the other show I do? TBTL. Um, or as I now call it, ATM2. <laughs> Don't blame me. Luke's the one bringing up commercials all the Get time. Get your own commercial <laughs> podcast, Luke. Well, you should. Oh, man. I actually blocked somebody on Facebook the other day because she was complaining that I talk about commercials too much on uh, TVTL. She said, he's got a place to do that. And I was like, <laughs> you don't tell me where I can talk about what on my podcast. Um, anyway, uh, you know, like I hate the concept of that commercial that these manatees are wearing novelty tees. It makes no sense whether they're, it kind of rhymes. Like the whole premise of that commercial sucks. But the performance, the performances, I should say, of the mom, the dad, and the little kid who are in the aquarium looking at these manatees and novelty tees, their performances in a 15-second ad are so good. I, you know you know who I would just love to meet is the casting team or director for Geico. Because think about like... Thomas Barbuska, right? You know, young mm-hmm. Peter Pan. That was a Geico yeah. ad. Um, this whole the the sloth one. Like, there's so many great little performances. They they're doing an amazing job with the casting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I think so too. And the directing. Yeah. Um. So and the acting. Um. So anyway, uh, the big question here is game night with a sloth. I the premise of it, like the whole. That's not surprising, whatever the hell this one is, is really weak. I don't like that. I don't like the campaign that it's part of. Yeah. But can a commercial that we just keep coming back to over and over and over and over again, can we afford not to put that in the Hall of Fame? Or am I getting, like, is, do I have an itchy Hall of Fame finger? Well, you do have an itchy Hall of Fame finger, um, and you should see a doctor. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's worth asking because... Part of what we talk about on this show and when we think about ads that are effective, it's not just whether it's a successful little movie, although that can be fun, but is it doing its job? Now, I don't know if I really asked myself that question about the Honda Pilot ad. I've never contemplated buying a Honda Pilot. Uh Um, I would stand by it for my L.A. one. The idea of the, just yeah, like yeah. seeing you, how a dog. No, I think sees that's you. a good pitch. I agree. Yeah, uh, and I think the Levi's ad is a legitimately good pitch. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have ad sit regret? No, I think that's do you have fair. I mean, I think your ad sit regret. I think, you know, um, I I do think that the Honda Pilot ad, which is you know very old at this point made a good case for a family that goes outdoors a lot, right? Like, obviously, that's the thinking. Is like, if you had a wolf man in your ha- in your family you would be outdoors a lot so it's like a jokey way of th- talking to campers and outdoorsy people um whereas i do think this geico ad is nothing special as far as the product goes right like it has it's so divorced from the product it's just one of their jokes mm-hmm. it's just jokes so but it is great and we do talk about it more than almost any other ad i'm really on the fence well i think just put it in there Put it in there? Yeah, with an asterisk. No, not with... I don't want to start that whole thing. The sloth was doping. Not... I mean, it was blood doping. Yeah. It's fine. Um, no, leave put it, it in. in. Leave it in. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations to Geico. Yeah. To the sloth. But now this means... Like, I think we got to have a very high standard for Geico for any future Geico entrance. Can we please not end this on a negative note? Congratulations, Geico. Congratulations, Geico. We're marching into the hall right now. We're 
holding a glass case and the commercial is inside of it. <laughs> I'm walking it up to the, to the uh, front of the room where Genevieve is standing in a white dress and braids. So you're just doing the end of Star Wars? I, I think so. But also maybe Lord of the Rings? Probably. Genevieve is putting a medal on the glass case. I am raising it high and showing the hall. And now I'm marching over to a, uh, to a place reserved. So we're in a hall right now with just tons and tons. Picture like the Futurama Hall of Heads. Mm-hmm. With Only lots it's, of empty it's slots. It's all empty. Right. Hundreds of thousands of empty slots with only three taken. And now I'm gently putting this Geico ad right next to the Levi's one. Now, did you want to uh, talk at all about the um, Levi? I said during this segment, we might go back to that Levi's ad you talked about before. Yeah, I did find it, and it was Prague. Um, oh, really? Yes, and it's in our it's in the show sheet if you want to Oh, okay, cool, it. thanks. Um, it's just, I don't know that there's even really any... Um, dialogue in it but it's a i think a black and white uh black and white footage and it's uh kind of a young guy uh yes and you see him driving around you you don't you don't see him outside of the car he's in this little kind of crappy eastern european car he's sort of having to push the car at, at points he's driving through very very narrow alleys on brick brick streets um and then at the very end he gets out you can trade them for a car and you hear, and he's seen wearing only boxer shorts below the waist, and he say, "You can trade them for a car." I'm a little confused there. When did, when did he trade? You, you never. Oh, see you never him. see the trade. I thought maybe the car he was driving was such a piece of junk that he was going to end up trading somebody his pants for a newer car. We just no, no, know he that only, you before can only the get commercial a began. Car with, okay, with gotcha. Jeans. You can't get like a Maserati or something. Right, right. No, I was just a little confused there. Yeah, but I do remember that because that was a very that was a '90s ad. Yeah, right? 1995. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, well, I think it's time for uh, a little ad council action. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind I'll never call it ad council action again. Okay, thank you. Hot, hot ad council action. Uh, that was the last one. <laughs> that was the last time I ever referred to it as sweet, sweet ad council action. You this should first see one, Genevieve's face right now. <laughs> this first one is from listener Jackie. Um, and this is uh, about a, I guess it is a legit like erectile dysfunction drug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although their campaign is so jokey that you do sort of have to ask yourself, as Jackie did, if it is a joke. Um, but this is for uh, a product called Roman, and the commercial is called Thinly Veiled Metaphors. And Roman is like, uh, I went to their website because it's, it's, they try to brand themselves as kind of a, a men's health brand, generally speaking. Uh-huh. But essentially, they're selling boner pills, and they know they're selling boner pills. And this is a commercial that wouldn't have aired on TV unless, and I, I don't know, I haven't seen them on TV they might have chopped this up into shorter commercials. I kind of doubt it. It seems very much like an internet-only thing. It's, mean, a, it, it's in the same category in terms of sort of shock value as the, the ones for the uh, Squatty Potty. Yeah, or the Poopery. Right. Yeah. I'm a handsome Caucasian male, age 45 to 65. And this is a thinly veiled metaphor for my ability to perform sexual congress. Now, you'd never guess that while my arm still works... My penis is less reliable. Now, I should mention that as he was saying that he was taking a football and throwing it perfectly through a tire hanging from a tree. Welcome to an automotive allegory suggesting I am a problem solver who takes an active role in addressing not only his car as undercarriage, but also his own. <laughs> now, that is a man who's working on his car. And while he's uh, turned to talk to the camera, he is holding the oil dipstick. And, and lovingly caressing <laughs> it. Caressing it while he talks to us. I'm talking about my erect penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an- now we have a uh, woman laying on a bed on her tummy in a blue dress in a field somewhere. Advertising stereotype that sets women back decades. You got the two people in the bathtubs outside. Um, <laughs> They're just sitting in a bathtub looking uh, looking at the mountains. 
I don't get it. What do you mean? I mean, I don't get it. The tubs in the mountains, I don't get it. Roman is a new men's health brand, addressing the reality of ED. Because it's not just old white dudes like me. 52% of all men suffer from some form of ED. He just threw the football into, I guess, like a leaf like grinder. A, well, like a shredder. Like, a, yeah, like a, yeah, you know, like Fargo. A log, a log shredder? Um, yeah, wood chipper. A wood chipper. That's the word we're looking for. You and I are pretty hardy people. 80% of all Viagra sold online is counterfeit, containing things like printer ink, paint, and floor wax, just like my garage. That's f***ed up. <laughs> At GetRoman.com, you simply answer a few questions about your medical history and sexual health, and in about two hours, a U.S. licensed physician will determine if ED meds are appropriate for you. And if they are, just ship them to your door the very next day. F*** it. I'm out. So the, the tub guy gets up no appointments, and walks out, and they, he's blurred out below the waist. To the pharmacy. And... <laughs> Now, oh God! We said I didn't even realize that. So now um, the guy working on the car just rolls underneath the car. He's also pantless at this point. Yeah. Why is he pant? The bathtub guy should be pantless. I don't know. It's 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 about junk. That got weird. Well. Window into your personal health. Roman describes. Oh yeah. Then by the end, our main spokesperson, the jockey guy, is um, sitting on his stump in his backyard. He is now not wearing pants, and he is pumping up his deflated football, which he is holding in his crotch region. Yes. Yes. Strategically, delivers your meds right to your door. I have a degree in journalism. <laughs> <laughs> now the tub couple's just naked and walking through the wilderness. They're walking through the field where the woman is laying on a bed in the middle of a field. Uh, so making fun of the tropes of ED commercials. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it's... It is shocking when you first see it, um, but I, I really appreciate it. I mean, those those ones where like his boat is broken, his sail won't fill with <laughs> air. Like it's so heavy handed. Yeah. It's nice to see somebody take a you know sort of take aim at it. Now I like the ones that were also tongue in cheek, but not so deliberately tongue in cheek. Do you remember this would have been ten years ago at least, it, where it was like people hanging at a cocktail party and sort of very like. 50s-esque, They were ones. all very 50s-esque. I, the image that stands out to me is somebody who's trying to use their hose and it won't work, but mm-hmm. he's like holding it. So like it was both taking a shot at those kinds of commercials, but also playing into those kinds yeah. of commercials at the same time. Yeah, it's the ones where it's as if, as if we don't understand what this truck that won't drive through the mud is. Like, come on. And this is from listener Lauren, and she just had a comment that I wanted to share because I think it really... Uh, I, well, I just like when people agree with me, I guess. Ha! She said, I keep meaning to tell y'all that as soon as the Levi's commercial started playing on last week's episode, I felt instantly giddy. That song evokes a Pavlovian response in me. I couldn't agree with you more, Genevieve. I need to take another look at Levi's. That's what I mean. I think it's really, it, it has an emotional punch that is so good for the brand. You know, that's not, that's the thing. That's like the marriage of the the artistry of it and the this look and feel and also the brand like it connects you beautifully with that brand but i would also say lauren if you are looking for um jeans that are both very stylish and very very comfortable you might want to check out everlane.com slash tbtl what else is on the agenda <laughs> they better we better get some of that sweet everlane money they really i do love my everlane pants so <laughs> yeah much. you do actually you know that yeah they're good pants they're good who's a good pants <laughs> Um, this next one was brought to our attention by listener uh, DDH, and this is about an, a company called Aldi, which I think is like a, I want to say British supermarket, definitely like overseas. Oh, but we had Aldi's uh, growing up. We didn't go to them. I think it's a, um, it's a, it, it might be an English brand, but they have them in the states, or they had them, oh. uh, but they were, uh, they were the place where you could go to get really uh, inexpensive food. So oh. I don't know, you know, probably not like you maybe go in, you wouldn't get Cheerios there, but you you might get Toastios. Well, this is a, a commercial for Aldi, uh, maybe not Aldi's, Aldi, uh, that features I, their animated uh, character named Kevin the Carrot. And it seems like just from a quick view of this, that Kevin the Carrot is like a recurring spokes carrot for them. We should have <laughs> okay. Kevin go up against some other yes. critter. I didn't do it. Um, but this one got banned because Kevin is a very cute little animated carrot, but Kevin is advertising booze. 
I see dead parsnips. Kevin was feeling a little bit tense. He thought there were spirits. He had a sixth sense. As it turned out, his instincts were right. There were a few spirits that cold Christmas night. Award-winning bottles for raising a toast. And one frightened carrot who had just seen a ghost. That's really cute. Isn't it cute? So Kevin sees another carrot with a tissue over it that looks makes it look like a ghost. But it got banned in Great Britain because the uh, assessment was that Kevin is too cute and it, this could potentially be advertising booze to kids. Oh, ah, that feels a little make... like a weak kind of a weak case to me. You think so? I don't know. You don't feel like that is um, similar to having a Joe Camel sell cigarettes? I don't know. Maybe that's maybe this it's is way fair. cuter than Joe Camel. It is, but just because something is cute, does that mean it's like? Do, I mean that that little poem that they read feels like like it would lose a child pretty much right away. Maybe I think though. I think though, and I I don't even know what the hell the rules are for this in England um, or really even here in the states. I mean, I have a some idea um but kids their attention kind of perks up when they see something on tv right yeah. you and i don't have kids so i don't think we see that as much but you might have a kid in a room like who who was it we have a friend whose kid will sit there during football games and not pay attention not pay attention then as soon as the commercials come oh, on yeah the kids are kind of more glued to the tv because there's a lot of action going on colors and, colors and voices and so if this little little rabbit cute or rabbit this cute little carrot starts talking your kid's probably gonna look up right All away right. and then you're gonna see the carrot you know interacting with these bottles of booze here so i found i'm now i'm really invested in, in uh, kevin the carrot uh here's another kevin the carrot commercial this says um it's another Christmas time commercial from this year. Uh, this is on Aldi's actual YouTube page. Kevin the Carrot is back this Christmas, and he's met someone special. Meet him in his adventure across the dinner table and see all of the delicious festive food we have to offer this year. So I don't know what we're about to watch. It's a minute-long video. Um, and we are seeing, at first, a snowman, a traditional-looking snowman outside, with the coal eyes, coal smile, and a carrot as a nose, I'm guessing that carrot might be our new buddy, Kevin. One cold Christmas Eve on snow-covered ground, a carrot awoke to a mysterious sound. Santa. As he departed that magical night, his So Kevin jumps out of the snowman's face, hops on a train, and climbs onto a table full of, like, Christmas goodies, and he sees a sexy lady carrot lounging in the cupcakes. But she's on all the way on the other end of this long banquet table. Was it a murder? Crumbs. Only carrot could see. Now he's found a broken gingerbread, gingerbread man. man. Caused a commotion, a chance for our hero to show his devotion. Some peas are flying at his lady love, and he jumps in the path of the peas. And I think saves I just peed myself. And then so our carrots made tracks through the wind. And well, he gets a smooch. Yeah. On the lookout for Santa, would they find him? Great campaign. I'm in. Yeah, I like Kevin the carrot. I'm into Kevin the carrot. Absolutely, we got to put him up against somebody um, in the next uh, attack of the spokes critters or whatever the hell we call that segment. <laughs> How am I doing today, by the way? Real? You proud to be working with me? Well, you know. What else you got? Um. This is our last piece of feedback, and this is something I was really uh, delighted to have a, a listener notice. This is from listener Lisa, and she wrote um, about these this Diet Coke campaign. We've talked a little bit about this campaign. Diet Coke is now doing... Um, it's funny, I'm drinking this LaCroix, uh, this tall, skinny LaCroix can that's uh, like cherry lime. Clearly, Diet Coke is feeling the heat because they have now launched a whole line of Diet Cokes that are in the same shape, skinny, tall can. Yeah. They're still 12 ounces, right? Maybe a so little bit this. less. Yeah. They're all like 12 ounces, but the, the shape of the can, it's like, it's like the market started saying, well, you're just kind of old, boring, crappy sugar soda if you're in a, in a regular Even if you're pop Diet can Coke, yeah. or soda can. Uh, but if you're in these taller cans, then you're more of a, in the kind of elite category of a carbonated beverage. Right. And these also have interesting flavors like um, so, something like saucy cherry or spicy cherry or something or mango. Oh, that's the one that we saw the Super Bowl commercial with the woman dancing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the right. one that we love for, from the Super Bowl is one of my favorites. Oh, oh, that's going in the Hall of Fame. 
No. <laughs> you can't just be willy nilly. I, I was trying to get your gander. No. Nope. Um, this is why they make that people. Means. That's why they make uh, people wait like years to go into the, all, all right. the halls of fame. For the record, I meant dander, not gander. Okay. So um, this is a campaign where um, now they have uh, Jillian Jacobs, who most people probably know from Community. She's also, I think, the star of oh, that yeah. show Love. And you know she's been in other things. Okay, Community, I know her from, yeah. Um, she is uh, talking to the, directly to the camera after picking out a diet, one of the, these new Diet Cokes, about why she likes this Diet Coke, if you want to give that a play. Look, here's the thing about Diet Coke. It's delicious. It makes me feel good. Life is short. If you want to live in a yurt, yurt it up. If you want to run a marathon, I mean, that sounds super hard, but okay. I mean, just do you, whatever that is. And if you're in the mood for a Diet Coke, have a Diet Coke. It's like running a marathon. Diet Coke. Because I can. <laughs> so Interesting message there. Yeah, So inter- and I want to get to the message, but let me first note that in the middle of that ad, she she pa- crosses paths with someone that you never see what he looks like, but he's a it's a man in a blue jean jacket. Walks by very quickly, and she raises her soda in her hand, raises it to him like in greeting. While she's talking, is a very quick kind of gesture, a smile. She recognizes somebody who's passing her on the street. She just tilts her, or kind of like just kind of raises her her can really quickly to him as he zips on by. And we, it's you. I would never notice that yeah. if if this listener hadn't pointed it out. But as listener Lisa realized, there is another Diet Coke ad from the same campaign with uh, the actor Karan Sony. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't familiar with him, but he, I guess, was in Deadpool. That's probably the thing he was best oh, he's best okay. known for. It seems like sort of an up-and-coming actor. Um, he is the person, or at least a character who's dressed like him. We never see his face. He's the person that she raises her can to. There's a sort of a companion ad, although it's not. you never really realize it's a companion ad until someone smart like Lisa sees the overlap. He has an ad where he'll talk about why he likes Diet Coke and very, very subtly he he walks by her and you only see the back of her head from and his perspective. And like you realize in this ad that we just watched, she's wearing this kind of standout um, like a, camo, yeah. kind of a hip camo jacket. Right. So when you, I'm sure it's not the same act. I'm sure this was filmed in different places, but they just had actors dress up like the back of I these other actors. I assume so. I mean, that seems like the most logical I mean, just scenario, I'm sure because right? of SAG rules and stuff, you'd have to pay them if they showed up in these. No? I don't know. Anyway. Thanks. Here's the deal. I like Diet Coke. It's super good. And now they have there these it was. flavors like He just toasted her really quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm totally into this. Just like how I'm into getting a haircut and then waiting for people to ask, did you get a haircut? Oh, maybe you're into friends who leave voicemails? I know I am. Look, whatever you're into, you're into. Keep being into it. And I'll continue to be into Diet Coke. Because I can. So wait. The flavor is feisty cherry, by the way, not saucy cherry. Is he being sorry? Is he saying that I'm so random? I actually like listening to my friends' voicemails, and I like it when people comp or notice that I got a haircut. Or is he being like nobody likes that stuff? I think he's saying that message. he likes those things, and it sort of must makes him quirky. I did find it hilarious. Like someone who drinks Diet Coke, be quirky, drink Diet Coke. Well, what is that crazy soda you're drinking? That's what they're going for. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. They're really trying to rebrand here. Um, everything's different about it. I do think it's hilarious that we have now entered a generation where liking to hear voicemails makes you like so random. Yeah, like. Yeah. Kids, when we were growing up, getting voicemails, which were called messages on your answering machine, was like a sign that you were popular like and great. A big chunk of to. my life was lived before answering machine. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I remember when answering machine, when we had our first answering machine. And it was crazy. And it was so The exciting. idea of coming home and checking yeah. your messages was crazy. I know we just sound like old people talk, but get used to it. We're not getting any younger and we're not throwing these microphones away. We paid good money for them. Yeah. Uh, so I know we just sound like a, a parody of old people, but it is nuts. Anyway, it, it's slightly different um, messages. His, I find more annoying, but very understandable. His is saying, 
I'm kind of quirky and Diet Coke is now kind of quirky. Just do you do you. Well, she literally says you do you. And so they are very similar messages. Hers is, seems more like kind of activity based, like jump in, go. F- hers seems more like go for it. His maybe seems you like more doing like, a, yeah, like yeah. for his, like for hers is like, maybe you like doing marathons or maybe you mm-hmm. like living, you know, staying in a yurt. What I do find sort of interesting about this, and maybe it's because I just talked to a friend over the weekend who has, who used to have like a serious six cans a day Diet Coke habit who kicked the habit and um, actually... Now she doesn't even use stevia, right? Because it's, some, it's somehow related to the Coke she used to be addicted to? No, I- she gave up aspartame, so she does use stevia. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because um, aspartame is what's in Diet Coke. Uh, but it's al- there's almost a sense, especially in the Jillian Jacobs one, of like, don't let the world tell you not to drink Diet Coke. Like, if you like... I mean, she literally says, if you like Diet Coke, have one. I wonder if Diet Coke is facing tr- problems in their sales because of like the negative press around aspartame. Yeah, see, that's that's kind of what I'm. That, I guess, yeah, that's more along the lines of what I'm saying. His ad seems more. And by the way, I think he's very. I don't know who that guy is, but he came off as. And that's the first time I've seen that ad. He came off as very charming in that. They're both charming. Um, his seems more like. I'm quirky, you're quirky, do something quirky and enjoy your Diet Coke. It might be because he's doing one of the flavors, feisty cherry or saucy cherry as I call it. Whereas hers does seem like such a more direct response to don't let the haters and the losers Mm -hmm. who are concerned about obesity and sugar and and, poison and and, aspartame and poison, all the things that go into uh, Coke, don't listen to them. If you do it, if you like it, do it. If you have an addiction to Diet Coke, feed your addiction. Yeah. Uh, great campaign, though. I do love God. Then you I, throw the you throw the yellow dancing lady in there. Oh yeah, and there's lots of those little the dancing people because they did like a whole casting right. call for that. Uh, I will try all of the flavors. You will, huh? Sure. Have you tried any yet? No. Except for I guess do the regular. Can I you get a reg- regular diet coke in the fancy can? Yeah, that's the one she's drinking. The uh, red okay. one is regular. They have mango, a green flavor which is probably lime, the saucy cherry. And uh, one other one, maybe an orange one. Mm. I try an orange one. Yeah, or the yellow is mango, and the orange is orange. We are living in a re- in a kind of renaissance of uh, flavored sodas. I would say yeah, from the higher end it's things. A, it's or a the, peak soda time. For yeah, sure. and the boutique ones, but then also the fact that everywhere I go now that has soda, like not just the movie theater, but even we went to a burger place the other day. Not a fast, well, not a fast food place. It's like a not a chain anyway, like a kind of a local burger, burger counter. counter that has a salad bar and stuff. Kind of a nicer place. Um, had a, You get your own soda, and it's one of those where it's like, I don't know. I'm going to mix and match everything I want yeah. using this computer thing. Beep boop. Beep boop. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Like an hour and eight minutes yet, I feel like I didn't make one good point this whole show. Well, you set me up for a lot of good points. Yeah, no, you were great. You got a lot of assists. Thank you very much. Um, And thank you all for listening. (laughs) Um, Why don't you join us on our Facebook group where everybody's got a point and everybody is very articulate. And sometimes I like to share songs about responsibility. Yeah. Um, Go to Facebook, type in After These Messages Show... Look for us, and then I think you have to request to be to belong. Request to belong, and then we will say yes, you can belong because you're not a bot. Uh, You can call our voicemail line. We didn't play any voicemails, but we have some voicemails. We'll be playing them later. Six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. That's six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. And I want to put out a special hello to a friend of mine. Not going to name her. Yeah, but I know she's got a jingle in her because she sang it to me in person. But that oh, I think I know that who this don't is, do me too. no good, does it? So I call up the voicemail and sing your jingle. You know who you are. 607-444-5597. Everybody call and sing a jingle, even if you have already. And of course, send us your emails at after these messages show at gmail.com. Genevieve, it's 815 on a Tuesday night. The Olympics are over, but I have good news for you. The World Cup is starting.
I was no, going to say, I was going to say I was taping them all, but I actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I like your response better. All right. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Rising, and you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover. Couldn't touch me. Backyards, kittens, puppies, 401.